Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Dominican Dimensions, a half hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective, featuring the friars from St. Patrick Church in Columbus. And now, Dominican Dimensions. Welcome to the Dominican Dimensions, a half hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective. My name is Father Peter Tottleman, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick's Parish in Columbus. Today, I'm joined in the studio by Father Stephen Alcott and Father Stephen Dominic Hayes. Let's begin with the prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Hail Mary, full full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So today, uh, the theme is discouragement. Like, what do you do when you're discouraged? And, you know, it's just a fact of the Christian life, right? Anybody who tries to live consistently like a Christian begins with enthusiasm, right? But then we always hit those places where we wonder, what's going on? Maybe we're praying and we're wondering, does this even work? Have I even grown in holiness? Maybe we go to confession and we're like, well, I might as well just get my sins typed up on a card and laminated and handed to the priest because <laughs> it seems like it says the same every time. Is this even working? And sometimes when we get in that mode of thinking, it can be a bit hard to be a Christian and it can be hard to persevere because we feel discouraged. And so um, this is just uh, a natural, normal part about trying to be a Christian that lots of people experience. But then the question comes, what do you do? When you feel discouraged, uh, be it in your prayer life, be it maybe you're struggling with some area where you need to repent and it seems like it's not working. Um, how do you deal with that and how do you carry on? Stephen, Father Stephen, Alcott, because we have two Stevens. <laughs> Did you have any thoughts? Sure. Um, I, I think a lot about it and I encourage people to remember that when Jesus gave us the parables in the gospel, so many of them are about things that happen slowly. Sure. You know, he didn't say, you know, you plant a mustard seed and t- the next day you have this huge plant that birds can rest in. You know, no. it takes a long time. You yeah. plant that seed for days. It looks like nothing is happening at all. Did that seed go anywhere? Did it just dissolve? Did something go run away with it? You know, it, it you know, or so many of these, of these parables are about things that happen very slowly yeah. and, and his own, you see it in his own uh, disciples. He calls them and he tells them almost nothing at first. He says to the fishermen of Galilee, you know, Greetings, I'm I'm Jesus Christ, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made. No, he doesn't say that, does he? No. He just says, follow me, mm-hmm. I'll make you fishers of men. Just keep going, eventually, yeah. eventually you'll get it, eventually you'll be ready. But, you know, so many things happen slowly, so I think sometimes we, we get excited about something. We have a goal that we want to do, we have something that we want to accomplish in our life, or something we want to get rid of in our life. Yep. And we just can't wait to get it done. We can imagine getting it done, but when it comes to the actual getting it done or getting rid of it, it just takes much longer than we think. Yeah, see, this is what I like about my confairs. Like, the, you know, I read these stories a hundred times. I feel like I should have known that, but like, I've honest to goodness never even thought about that. It's your pride. <laughs> it's your pride. Uh, oh, absolutely. No, it absolutely <laughs> no, no, is. That's actually the root of what you're talking about. Because yeah. even for good things, we can let our pride take over. I want oh, yeah. what I want because I want. I want self-improvement. I sure. want... I want to be perfect today. Oh, yeah. Okay, and that's not going to happen. 
Yeah. You know, okay. you know, you know, it's, you know, it's interesting. Cause I was thinking about that. Like then when you're saying that, like I was thinking of like those, like those big oak trees that they have in California, mm-hmm. you know, well, each one of those started as, as a sapling. They started as a little acorn mm-hmm. and a little sapling, but then like, there's a big difference between the little sapling and the big oak tree. And that took a long time to get there. The redwoods then, you mean? Yeah. The redwoods. It, thank yeah, you. Yeah. Is They're not. Okay. They're redwoods. But the point, the point still stands. They were right. saplings. Right. At one That's point. exactly right. And, uh, but, but here's the other thing is that actually you don't notice it growing from day to day. Somehow, right. somehow, like you look at the sapling on Monday and it looks exactly the same as it did on Sunday. And then on Tuesday, it looks exactly the same as it did on Monday. And next Tuesday, it looks exactly the same as it did on last Tuesday. But somehow, nevertheless, it becomes a whole big redwood tree. Right. Exactly. And like, even like, it's almost like when you're not looking, all of a sudden there's a redwood tree there. Right. The Lord well, I guess about, not all of a sudden. It takes sudden. a while. The Lord talks about that in terms of the kingdom of heaven, yeah. talking about the farmer who plants the seed. And, you know, the rains come, and he not, no, does not know how, but the but the grain does what it's supposed to do. And all of a sudden, I mean, it doesn't look different from minute to minute, but right. eventually there's a whole stalk That's there. right. And the Lord has engineered us for like goodness. Yeah. The one I always love to think about is I always like to think about – the fundamental difference between kind of Christianity and other systems of religion is that God wants to be our friend. Mm-hmm. I always think this to me, this is the most encouraging thing. And it comes and comes in from both parts of that. He's God and he wants to be our friend. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, well, if that's true, well, that means that like God's all powerful. He's almighty. He can do, he can do anything. And he wants to do that for us. Right, he's merciful. He wants to do that for us. That's actually where 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 the virtue of hope comes from, right? Right. What what's the virtue of hope all about? Well, God's all powerful. He can he can do anything. He, I mean, even even to you, you look at mm-hmm. you're like, well, I'm like this discouraged, static mess, mm-hmm. and uh, but God can do anything, even to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the proof of that is. What we see in the goodness of the humanity of Jesus Christ Absolutely. and of the saints who have followed him, beginning with our Blessed Lady. Absolutely. You can you can see it, and, 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 and you know that he wants to do it for you. Right. And mm. that perfects our, our, our respect for him, our love for him, yeah. uh, and results in the perfect love that casts out all fear. Yeah, right. And I think, I think that's ultimately the, the source of our hope. Um, the one I, w- I always love to tell people, because it's always kind of fun to say provocative things and then kind of explain them. I mean, the image I was thinking about, um, last summer I went I went mountain climbing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about this while I was mountain climbing, because like it was one of these trips where it, w- it was amazing, right? Like, I mean, you see all this beautiful stuff and everything. So for about 80% of the time, it's amazing. You're like walking through Middle Earth, and you're just like, oh, man, this is so amazing. But for about 20% of the time, for about 20% of the time, you're like, oh my goodness, get a helicopter here, get life support and fly me out like right now. <laughs> like, right, no, I want no right now, get the helicopter, get on the phone, get somebody because I'm leaving. Uh, <laughs> but uh, at any rate, you know, so I was, I was thinking about the image of mountain climbing and, 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 and what I was thinking about is this is like, you know what, you know what actually is the sign of hope in Christianity? The sign of hope in Christianity is actually that you are stumbling. Right. It's almost like if you are stumbling, that's good. The people who have to worry are the people who at least allegedly aren't stumbling. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, I was thinking about this mountain climbing image because Jesus talks about the two ways, right? The whole Bible talks about the two ways. Jesus talks about the two ways. And well, what does he say? He says that uh, 
the road is narrow and the path is steep that leads to life and the way is broad and the 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 footing is flat on the way that leads to destruction mm-hmm. right so i was you know you could almost think about like the christian life as a journey up the mountain you have you have jesus christ who's our who's god become our friend you know and he's at the top of the mountain and he's seen the vistas and and you know we, when you go to the top of the mountain you want to share it with your friends i mean you see mm-hmm. that that vista at the top of the mountain you're like this is awesome i want to like i want to show all of this to other people and so just out of compassion for his friends jesus comes down the mountain to meet us as his friends and what does he do he takes us up the mountain with him mm. right the why can you go up the narrow road because you can't yourself you can't climb mountains but when Jesus is there, he's like, no, 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 no. You've got it. Like, you've got to see this. Like, I want you to see this. Right. And so he walks with us up the mountain. You know, he's, he's the guide. He, he's out in front of us, kind of egging us on, you know, kind of the way our friends do. Sometimes he's there, you know, putting his hand on the small of our back. So like we're taking the steps, but it's kind of like he's communicating his energy to us. Mm-hmm. You know, we're taking the steps, but we're there. And then. Every time we stumble, like, what does a friend do? Like, when, when you're walking up the mountain and you stumble, what does a friend do? Does a friend say, Pfft. no, the friend says, no, 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 you got this. Come on, get up. Mm-hmm. You can do this. I've got this. You can do this. I've got this. You've got this. And so we just kind of keep stumbling up our way up the mountain. And, you know, once you stumble enough, you know what? Eventually you stumble less. <laughs> Eventually you, you start, you know, you start stumbling less, yep. you know, you start being more responsive to that, that guidance, that push that Jesus is giving you. And eventually, you know, you make it up to the top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. Right. And so sometimes I think like, like what's the hopeful thing is, is that if I'm stumbling, but I'm stumbling with Jesus, he's my friend and I can't stumble enough to let him abandon me. Right. right. Cause he doesn't, you know, it's like, I can't make him abandon me. It's his choice to have been, my, to make himself my friend in the first place. Like, mm-hmm. and the cross, like Jesus is definitely like, like if you went to all that trouble to shed your precious blood and to do, all, you've done all the hard work mm-hmm. and it's almost like you can't stumble enough to make him abandon you. Right. Right. So what's the, what's the key? Keep stumbling. Mm-hmm. Right. If you, it, it's, it's, this is the sense which I mean, if you stumble and you're willing to keep stumbling, you're going to be fine. Because Jesus is there, mm-hmm. right? Who who are the people who have to worry? The people who have to worry are the people like, no, I don't care, who give up on stumbling, who say, I'm sick and tired of stumbling. And they're like, you know, Broadway. And they walk along the Broadway. And what's so tragic about the Broadway? Well, you never see the mountaintop. Right. I don't know. So I, I always think of that way, like, that we're, the very fact that you're stumbling already means that God is working in you. The people right. that God's not working in are the people who just walk along and do whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, our discouragement when when we do stumble, I think it always can teach us one of those most precious virtues: humility. Absolutely, you know, humility is is a gift um, because it it helps us not to be filled with pride. It helps us to know that we depend upon Christ. <coughs> It helps us to be very honest about what we can and what we can't do. And we realize the much, the great things that we can't do, then we know where to turn to the person who can do them, you know, to, to Christ. And so humility is going to, is always, is always going to help us. Um, I know that sometimes, I know when you're climbing on certain types of terrain in a mountain, you have to scramble over the boulders. Sometimes the best thing to do is to get down on your, your bottom, you know, slide (laughs) down, you know, because really, you know, otherwise if, if you try to like hop, you know, across this thing and you Mm. miss, you're going to get, you're going to get hurt. You know, 
but if you if you just get down and say, okay, you know, I, or, or like in another example, if you're if you're backpacking and you have to cross a stream, you know, yeah. Sometimes you say, well, there's this log that kind of goes most of the way across. You know, it's only about four feet above the water. Maybe I could try balancing on that well. It's probably a better idea. Just take off your shoes and socks, yes, climb your backpack, right. and just get in the water. Right. Yeah. You know, you're, you'll be safer that way. Yeah, your feet will get wet, but they'll dry off. But if you fall off mm-hmm. of a four-foot-high log under the rocks, yeah. you That's might, gonna you might have a long, bit of a longer setback. Yeah. Yeah. This way, you only have to clean the leeches off your ankles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to the Dominican Dimension, a half hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective. My name is Father Peter Tottleman, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Parish in Columbus. I'm joined in the studio by Father Stephen Alcott and Father Stephen Dominic Hayes, and we've been discussing discouragement. So, Father Stephen Dominic, encourage us. Well, uh, I think, you know, we've been talking in general terms about the about how to work against discouragement. But I think, you know, in addition to something things we've been said, there's uh, fine work to be done in, with discouragement, because usually it's the same thing. You know, oftentimes we end up with a, uh, there's one thing in our life, or two, a couple things in our lives, we just can't seem to get the control of. And that's where, uh, I think for a lot of us, discouragement is. There are going to be, like, patterns of sin that are compulsive, uh, you have this, you know, we meet this in the confessional a lot, people who are stuck in a habit of sin, and they keep, you know, you hear, Father, I keep confessing the same sins all the time, all the time. I feel so not aware that I, why should I bother coming to confession if I'm just going to commit these sins again? And I think sometimes, in addition to putting, throwing yourself on God's mercy, in addition to the humility, which is to see yourself as God sees you and to and to submit yourself to his will as he declares it to you, I think there's also, you know, how do we break down these patterns of discouragement? Because if they're they're basically rooted in that pride yeah. that wants control of your life and is upset and angry when you don't have it. Mm-hmm. You know, and some and one one response is anger, another is discouragement and uh, the sort of cowardice, the sloth about spiritual things that comes with it. So um, I think you have to dissect your discouragement. Sure. You know, the, for, look at the thought chains. You know, I think this is where we get sort of, I'm taking a different view of this. No, but, you know, fine. look at the, usually there's a trigger that triggers our dis- feelings of discouragement. Sure. After the trigger, there's a thought, mm-hmm. which gives rise to an emotion, mm-hmm. which rise to an action, yep. and, re- and to consequences. Sure. So I'm discouraged because, um, hypothetically... I don't think I did. I made the best sermon that I could have on sure, Sunday. Sure, absolutely. And I'm gr- upset with myself. I'm mad with myself when I come off. I could have done a better job. I don't know what happened up there. And uh, so for me, you know, so you have the trigger, the feeling of unworthiness, the uh, the, uh, the thought, you know, I've I've screwed up, feeling of unworthiness. What's the what's the action that flows? Well, in my case, I might find myself with the nose in the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, because mm-hmm. eat my problems away, mm-hmm. you know, and then after that there are consequences because, and of course, sometimes it's a cycle. Oh my heavens, I'm off, you know, I've gone and gorged on, what do we have, like cheese or something, or sure. brownies or baklava or something like that. Oh, there's that. plenty of baked goods in every rectory. I know. There's always something. <laughs> I know, but I really shouldn't have them as a diabetic. Oh. And then I said, oh, I'm that diabetic and I just gorged myself on brownies. And now I'm discouraged with myself on a second halt, and here we go again, and we go through the same process of. So if you don't actually 
sit down and find a way to break with the help of God. But you can call for the Holy Spirit, and I do think this is also part of the work, dissecting these patterns we have and inviting the Lord to break into them and finding ways we can use that grace to disrupt the sick patterns we're living by. Just as St. Patrick's pro tip, you know, uh, Father Michael Dosh was a diabetic, and he mm-hmm. had stashes of insulin all around the house. Mm-hmm. So you might be able to locate his insulin stashes whenever you gorge yourself on too many baked goods from the You're parish. You're extremely kind, Father. You know, you'll be able to find some. <laughs> there, there's plenty all over the yes, house I just agree. waiting for you, Father. Yes, you're very good. Okay. It would be good if I actually took insulin. But that's- <laughs> so what's an example of, of dissecting the chain and then breaking it? What's an example of that? Well, of breaking it? Well, like breaking that chain of... Well, I think one thing is, um, is to say, like, when I'm, if, if, the, if the problem is my sermon, for instance, well, uh, one problem is to say, well, actually, it wasn't that bad a sermon. You know, because, like, if, if you leave them with more than they, you, they sure. came with, you've, you've actually accomplished it. You might not be happy with it, but God might be happy. To remember, for instance, I, you know, I had this experience frequently, where I give a sermon I don't think is so great, and then I stand at the back of the church, and people say, Father, that was the sermon I needed to hear. Sure. Yeah. You know, and sometimes you're doing a better job than you think, because we are often our worst critics. Or, you know, a lot of times um, the, those triggers make us have distorted thoughts. Like we're things, yeah, these are and, thought distortions. Yeah, and replacing distorted thoughts with more realistic ones, yeah. right? Like, like, I preached a terrible sermon. Yeah. Well, okay, um, I preached a sermon that wasn't a good one, but it had good points and some weak points. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I, and, and I don't do that every week. Mm-hmm. Some weeks I preach yeah. really good sermons, but this week I preached one that had some good points yeah. and some bad points, which is much more realistic than like, oh, that was just a terrible sermon. Right. Simpliciter. Right. Uh, another uh, version of this is the old sin. Sometimes you hear that people have difficulty forgiving themselves wrong. And sometimes it helps to think, well, I went to confession. God forgave me. Am I a more severe judge of myself than God would be? Sure. Would I like to, the measure I measure out is the measure measure back to me. Do I really want God to judge me with the harshness? Well, and he, because he doesn't, he forgave my sin. And this helps to, I think, begin to break down the idea that I can't, I can't forgive myself. It, of my sin, it, it's sort of the other side of it's sort of the other side of calling God the one who judges justly. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not like it's not like we judge less severely, and then mm-hmm. God's judge judgment is more severe than ours. Sometimes our erroneous judgment is too severe, right. and God's just judgment is less severe than ours. Right. And so, like, just like on the other side, when you say, "Well, leave it to the one who judges justly," mm-hmm. well, I mean, when you're over criticizing yourself mm-hmm. for your progress to say, well, I'm going to leave it to the one who judges justly, mm-hmm. but also the one who's merciful to me. I do think some schools of, the, of spirituality uh, push this forward. You know, uh, that, you, there's the semi-Jansenism sure, yeah. that says, you know, you have to be worthy to receive Holy Communion. You run yeah. into this every so often. Yeah. And, uh, and the Lord will take you. I mean, the idea is, yeah, I haven't spit on my baptism. If I have, I have to sort of go to confession. Yeah. But if even if I have venial sin habits, I can approach the sacrament. Sure. Because it's food for sinners. He ate and drank yeah. with sinners. Yeah. So you can do that. As I said, the mortal sin needs a healing. You need yeah. to you need to be Peter in yeah. expressing his love before Jesus over the charcoal fire and in the in the Easter Gospels. But. Sure. 
absolutely. You know, you know, a, another thing I've always kind of felt helpful to point out to people is, you know, sometimes there's actually just a, a, a real freedom in just actually being able to admit that, um, yeah, no, you know, like I'm just, yeah, I'm discouraged because I'm just not very good at Christianity. <laughs> and telling, <laughs> no, but, but actually being able to tell God that I don't know, like there's this kind of freedom that comes on that. Like, you know, like right. you're discouraged about your prayer life. Well, like I'm discouraged about this or that. Well, why don't you just say, well, you know, yeah, I'm sorry, God, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not good at this, but like I'm here cause I love you. I'm showing up, you know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not good at this, but I'm here cause yeah. I, and, and if you just keep saying that, well then you, you've told God that you love him like a dozen times or something mm-hmm. or two dozen times, you know, however many, and, uh, it actually turns out that you didn't do too bad then, right? And you actually are by doing that persisting in prayer. Absolutely. Right. Because, because beating your, beating yourself up about how bad you are at yeah. praying is itself a form of not praying. Yeah. So like it does, like if you're worried about not praying well, and then you worry about not because you don't pray well, you spend your time worrying about how badly you don't pray. Well, it's right. just yet another form of not praying well. The best thing to do is to just be like, oh, well, I'm bad at it, but I'm just going to sit here just because I don't know if this works, God, but like I'm here. And that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and actually, that's a better prayer without the consolations yeah. than if you did it for the consolations. Yeah. yeah. You know, I do it for, I, I pray because I feel warm and fuzzy or I feel I'm, you know, pat myself on yeah. my spiritual head because. I've, I'm doing something good, yeah. but that's that's an exercise in pride. That's that yeah. is a much worse situation to be in. And yeah, and then and then you actually are there because like then you know you make acts of humility and love, and you know the the root of the spiritual life is humility. Its flower is love, mm-hmm. and you're exercising the two sort of capstone virtues of the prayer life. Well, it's, it's also like just in terms of things like trusting in God. You know what I mean? People are like, why can't I just trust in God more? Well, because here's the tra- I mean here again here's the trap about that. I'm going to trust in God. I'm going to do. I'm going to trust in God. Yeah. Well, that in and of itself is a form of not trusting in God. Yeah, because again. <laughs> The pride, I, 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 I you know, want this a certain way. The, the better thing is to just kind of go, like, look, God, honest to goodness, I, I actually don't trust you. <laughs> you know what I mean? But saying, like, God, I don't trust you, uh, but you're omnipotent. Like, you can do anything. So, like, you can fix that, you know? <laughs> like, like I'm not good at it, uh, but I'm here because, like, I know that you can change that. Right. And not only is that tremendously freeing, but that's actually an act of trusting God. Right. right? Because then you're saying like, no, God, you have the power to change my life and I'm available to you so that you can rather than saying like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then just getting yourself all crazy because it doesn't work. Yeah. And uh, that, you know, and and we look at the disciples. um, One great truth that I I try to encourage people to, to think about when they feel discouraged is to remember that. Every single disciple in the gospel that started to follow Christ yeah. and followed him to the end became a saint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every single one, you know. And everyone betrayed so... him. <laughs> That's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, you know, like, so many things in life are like, well, I really want to get this job, you mm-hmm. know, but there's like 28 people applying for it, only one will get it, or I want to get into this college, or I want to make this, you know, yeah. this level of income. And, you know, like, but but when it comes to God, you know, Basically, it comes, you, you, you hold on to him, you glom on to Christ, and you don't let go. And that's all you need to do. Absolutely. You just because he, it's when you say instead of like, I'm going to do this. I, no, like he does it. You just hold on to him and he'll get you there. You yeah. Know, he said, you know, the way is narrow and steep. You have to go across to carry it, but I will be with you always yeah. until the end of the world. Absolutely. Hold on to me. I'll get you there. Yeah. You know, and so that, that, so it isn't about what we do. It's more about, we hold on to the one who will do it, who yeah. will get us there. 
and 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 he has a hundred percent track record. And if he wants you at the t- yeah, that's right. That, I and mean, that's what the cross proves. The cross and the resurrection proves that if Jesus wants you at the top of the mountain, you're going to be at the top of the mountain because even sin and death have to obey him. That's right. <laughs> right. So if if he wants you at the top of the mountain, you're going to be at the top of the mountain. If Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, then everything is survivable. Yes, that's right. That's right. And I think too. Um, sometimes I think we can be we can we can be much closer than we think you know, to where we know we want to mm. be than we realize. Uh, and sometimes, I mean, I think that could be a temptation of the enemy that people, just when people are actually making real, real progress in their life, on the point yeah. of life, is often when they sometimes feel the most discouraged. And I, mm-hmm. I think we see this as priests sometimes. Right. Yeah. Someone who's clearly very holy, they're making progress, you know, but they see themselves as just awful, you know, and, and failures. You know, and it's like, like, you know, suppose you lived in a city... I don't know if you can imagine living in a sea where it's cloudy a lot. Oh no, especially in the winter. Oh, you know gee. when you look up and you see it's kind of, yeah. What, what city are you referring to? That, you know, but when you think about it, think how thin that layer is of sure. clouds. You know, that above those clouds, it's completely, absolutely blue. Yeah, there's a bright sun shining. I know you don't see it, but it's there, and it's actually yeah. It's just a little bit of water vapor in between. So it's like a lot of our life is like we get these temptations as like these clouds that. You know, people, they just, they're, they're in a tough place and they can't see out of it, but we have to realize, no, you know, I, I will get out of this. That reminds me of one key point that, that I, I don't know, it's kind of worth pointing out. I'm sure, I know I've seen it with, with people and I'm sure fathers, you've seen it too. Um, you know, there'll be, there'll be a point where people reach in their spiritual life where like, you know, um, they have the basic habits of Christianity down, you know, the basic patterns of mass and the sacraments and regular prayer. And, uh, you know, the, their moral life is more or less put together, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then all of a sudden and they're feeling really good about their spiritual life. They're feeling really close to God. And then they reach a point where like all of a sudden, like they realize some interior character is character. Right. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they have that and people get discouraged at that point. And I think that's like one of the points where like we really need to reaffirm people that actually that the fact that you realize that about yourself is actually good. It means that it's working. Mm-hmm. It's just that God's beginning to do something special with you. Mm-hmm. So maybe sometimes our discouragements are just an ordinary part of maturation, sure. the growing pains of maturation, right? And not to get discouraged at those points because that might be where the spirit of God is leading you into something even better. All right. So thank you for joining us today for the Dominican Dimension. My name is Father Peter Tottleman, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Parish in Columbus. And I've been joined in the studio by Father Stephen Alcott and Father Stephen Dominic Hayes. And let's now end in prayer. O light of the church, teacher Teacher of of truth, truth, rose of patience, ivory of chastity, freely you have poured forth the waters of wisdom, preacher of grace, unite us to the blessed. Amen. Dominican Dimensions is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Dominican Dimensions and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com. Who better?